ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. It is Friday, October 15th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can be a part of the program by calling the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. White Claw Heart Seltzer. It is made pure. The text line is open for you this hour at 304-523-2275. We'll get to all your texts throughout the show. We've got a busy, busy schedule today. We're going to hear from Matt Perry coming up, talk a little Capitals, Spring Valley. We're going to hear from Jason Toy. Yes, we're actually going to hear from Jason Toy today. I'm not going to Matt Damon him like I usually do. He has got George Washington at Cabell Midland. We're going to wrap the show up with St. Albans at Huntington. Andrew Rogers, Woody Woodrum will give us a preview of that matchup. So that means in the well-respected and honored position of kicking things off. WCHS's very own CJ Harvey. He is uh, he is in Denton, Texas as we speak as the Thundering Herd getting sent to take on North Texas. Now, pregame coverage is going to be over on our sister station 937 The Dog. We've got high school football action here tonight on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I know, CJ, between you trying to keep up with all the action in Denton, you're going to have all your phone apps ready to go so you can keep up with all the high school action. Um, I don't know how you and Mark are going to be able to do it tonight, but we're going to find out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not entirely sure either. We'll, uh, this is one of those where we're just going to kind of wing it and see how it all goes. We, we think we've got a plan to keep our uh, – our high school coverage back at HQ for WCHS going tonight. And then obviously we're going to make sure to get our Marshall coverage in as well. Mark and I, yes, are down here in Denton, Texas. I'm looking at Apogee Stadium right now as we speak. Beautiful day here. Not not many clouds in the sky. I really don't see any, but it is pretty windy. Pretty windy here in the Lone Star State, especially here at the stadium right now. Part of the stadium's design definitely promotes wind. So, you know, hard to hard to say whether or not Grant Wells is going to go for a record-breaking 500 passing yards or not today. But I will say wind is definitely playing a little bit of a factor here. But, uh, yeah, Paul, we're going to wing it and just see how it goes. We're going to try our best and uh, see if we can't make sure our all of our high school coverage is uh, successful tonight over on WCHS-TV and then our Marshall coverage as well. So, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Any advice for us, Paul? Go with your gut. Just um, <laughs> And here's the thing, because I'm winging it right now, and I was winging it last hour as I uh, ran from one studio to the next to try to uh, transition over to this <laughs> show. And uh, I'll tell you right now, just keep going and don't look back. Just keep going and don't right. look back. That's, that's the advice right there. And um, actually – uh, I live by some words that Don Nealon said to me when I was okay. um, part of that uh, Bob Pruitt and Don Nealon thing. You're not as bad as you think you are. You're n- well, he said first, you're not as good as you think you are, but you're not as bad as you, th- you think you are either. And he would say that time and time again to uh, to players, to everybody. You're not as you're not as good as you think you are, but you're not as bad as you think you are either. That's funny. That's some Don Nealon advice. 
Yeah, that, yeah, good words of wisdom from the Don. Yeah, I'll say this: Don is good with the quotes, but um, so is Coach Huff, and yeah, he's got to um, he's got to get a win tonight, or he's definitely going to have to come up with some new quotes in the post game because uh, it's been a rough start. Three and three, it's a rough start because you start out so promising, and then you have that situation where you just can't finish. You fade in the fourth quarter. And you get the victory last week in dramatic fashion. You come back, show that you have some moxie about you as a team. You come back, you get that win. And you go into a situation where there's a North Texas team that might be able to pull off that same kind of moxie because even though they're 1-4 and four and they're 0-2 in conference, they're not as bad as their record. And I know we keep saying that. We keep saying this team is not as bad as its record. But it's been true so far. The teams are a little bit better than that record indicates. Yeah, not as good as uh, they think they are, but not as bad as they think they are, too. Nice uh, usage. Like there you go. Yeah, definitely. Uh, to kind of touch on both of those points there, I'll start with Marshall and then go to North Texas. But, yeah, I, I think after last week's overtime thriller, against Old Dominion. Her fans, I'm sure, are hoping that that kind of draws them out of the funk that it feels like they were in. Paul, you kind of alluded to it there, that they got off to that great start. They go down, or they go over to Annapolis, really handle Navy with few issues, come home, score a bunch of points against North Carolina Central, maybe a couple of early turnovers and some, you know, times that the defense wasn't as sharp as we saw against Navy, but everybody's thinking 2-0, and that's a great start, and then boom, 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 right? East Carolina, App State, both very close games, at losses in the fourth quarter, basically, and then that one, you know, um, against Middle, where had that ball rolled another half yard, maybe another foot, then it's an onside kick recovery for Marshall. They might go down and score and win the game. Who knows? But you really hope at least heard fans and Marshall and head coach Charles Huff probably hoping that they can get out of that three-game funk that they probably were feeling after last week's win. The statistics are on there on paper. Marshall's scoring points in high numbers. They're, they can score. They're racking up yards. They're playing good defense. But it's been, I think, more of a mental game than the actual physical game for Charles Huff's crew so far. So we'll see if they can uh, build off last week's win and make it two in a row. Going over to North Texas, though, yeah, one and four. You can say that really for any team, it feels like in Conference USA. One and four, but they're better than that. It, it is really hard to get a good tell from a team after the non-conference portion. You know, depending on who they play in the non-conference portion of the schedule, you could be 0-3, having played some really tough teams, but then you get to conference play and you're really good. So North Texas and Marshall, I still think, are kind of getting into that Conference USA groove. And we're really going to be able to see what uh, these teams can bring to the field now that they're really lining up against conference foes. But what we do know, North Texas does well, they can run the ball. And that is something that they do really well. Over 200 yards a game, the Mean Green go for while rushing the ball. So if Marshall cannot stop that, uh, then they're going to have their hands full against this team here in North Texas who might just be able to pick up a win here at home. Tonight. Yeah, you mentioned the run game, and it's all on the shoulders of DeAndre Torrey. Now, 
He's a double threat. You look at what he does on the ground, 115 carries, 601 yards, four touchdowns, uh, averaging uh, over five yards a carry. That's always good. And he's also a threat. Even though he's only caught six passes, he's got a touchdown, 67 yards there. So wherever he's at, Marshall defense better ID him. Yeah, you know, that's, that is probably that is where it's going to begin and end for Marshall's defense, making sure that they line up and make sure or to find out where Torrey's at on every single play. Because like you said, he is definitely a dual threat. And if they can stop him, then it's a matter of, okay, just making sure that they check all of the other boxes, playing solid defense, not giving up the big plays, coming up, you know, on the right side on third downs. And if they can stop the run early, you, you know, can force these long third downs where and force these guys to throw. And we've seen two quarterbacks playing for North Texas this year. So, again, that might work in Marshall's favor. But, again, if you can get them into long third downs, that definitely is going to play, um, you know, as a positive factor for your defense. So we'll see if Marshall can stop the run early and often. And I think, yeah, that will be the key to taking down this main green team today. You mentioned the quarterback situation. Right now, it's all on the uh, it's all on the shoulders of Austin Ani. This young man has put on a, uh, I think, a, a impressive go of it so far. He's pretty much all of their passing offense right now. He threw for four passing touchdowns against Missouri. It was the first time this season North Texas actually threw more than one passing touchdown in a game. And he also had 305 passing yards against Missouri. Second best single game passing performance this season. Threw for 264 in the second half. We've seen what this team can do in the second half, North Texas, and we've seen what Marshall's not been able to do in the second half, overlook the homecoming comeback. If Marshall cools off in the second half and North Texas does what North Texas has been prone to do these last couple of uh, games, uh, this could be an interesting fourth quarter. I hope you have plenty of battery on your camera. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no question. Uh, This is similar to a game that West Virginia had just played in. WVU went to Baylor and everybody's talking about the Bears' run attack. Then the Bears come out and light it up with the air raid offense that nobody really saw coming. Even head coach Neil Brown said that he was caught off guard by that. You can't let that happen here today. If me, if the mean green can't get the run game going and then all of a sudden they're throwing the ball all over the place, Marshall didn't expect it. You would hope to think that Coach Huff is expecting some kind of passing game. You mentioned that he is capable. They are capable of throwing the ball. Do they prefer to run? Most definitely. But he is a capable passer. And so it will be one of those where Marshall's going to make sure that they are, yeah, checking in on Torrey, but not letting the other boxes go unchecked. And, you know, like you said, you can't think too much about the, the three-game skid or too much about the Old Dominion win because that ODU one is certainly the one where you look at and think, okay, they kind of came alive in the fourth quarter there and did what they needed to do really in the final minute of that game. It could not have almost been any more dramatic than it was. Marshall got it done there in a thriller, so you're hoping that is the Marshall team that shows up today if 
there needs to be some mental toughness come the fourth quarter. CJ Harvey joins me, WCHS. He's at the game with Mark Martin, of course, the rest of the travel crew with the Thundering Herd. And uh, one member that you guys left behind, you didn't take him on the plane, so he's spending his birthday with me, Bill Cornwell. He's in studio with me now, CJ. So uh, you guys bring him back home a victory and uh, wish him happy birthday. He's right here with me. Billy, happy birthday to you. I was waiting to say something. But we've uh, we've really missed you on this trip because this is the first trip that uh, Mark and I have been able to uh, you know kind of tag along Steve and yeah. and Dave Wilson down here. But uh, Billy, you are yep. you have been a staple on, on these trips in the past, man. So we're really missing you down well, here. But I know that uh, you're really taking care of Paul today on your exactly. Birthday. And hopefully that other that situation will be <laughs> you know travel situation will be rectified soon. Uh, but but well, I am going to FAU, so we'll definitely have to get together. I, you kind of I kind of broke my heart when I saw you guys. Guys at dinner last night in Dallas. So, uh, so but but we'll, we'll be in Boca together, and we'll be able to go out and have a little dinner and have a good time before the herd takes on the Owls three weeks from the night. Uh, right? Well, the game's yeah. three weeks from tomorrow night. CJ, don't let him tell yeah. you that his heart was broken. He was sad <laughs> nah. when he saw those photos. I, I was told he was described as being sad this yeah, morning. A little bit, but uh, well, I'm glad you guys had a good dinner last night. Well, for anybody that uh, that knows the people that we're talking about, uh, Sydney Shelton, who works with Marshall's Sports Information Department, and uh, Chuck McGill, who also works with the Sports Information Department, they they are laughing at the picture that we posted because uh, it looks like they are the main act, and then the rest of us are just the backup dancers, mm-hmm. kind of not. We're not very yeah. close to everybody else. Gladys Knight had Steve their pips. Dave. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly what it looked like. But uh, we definitely had a nice dinner getting ready for today. And now it's, uh, hey, man, even for us, you know, it's a business trip. You guys know it. On game day, it's, yeah. uh, it's a business trip, and it's all business. There's uh, some fun to be had, but it definitely is uh, game time now and time to get serious. All right, CJ, we're going to let you go because we know you're getting ready to do your business uh, with uh, Mark and everything. We'll talk to you next week. Have a a fun game if you can. Bring home a victory for Bill, and uh, let's hope that uh, hope your travels are safe, my friend. I will try my best. All I do is hold the camera in the end zone, but I will do everything in my power to will them to victory today. So I will try my best. Billy, happy birthday. Paul, good talking to you guys anytime you need me. Thank All right. you. Well, we'll see you when you get back. That's CJ Harvey, everybody. He's um, going to have the highlights for you. All right, when we continue, uh, Matt Perry coming up next. We're going to talk Spring Valley football. The Usually you're on that broadcast. So I am. You're not on that broadcast tonight. So um, we'll find out what your, um, what your partner, Matt Perry, has to say when we continue Capital of Spring Valley. That's coming up tonight. We'll talk about it next here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, the local bank that's here for every step of your life's journey. Member FDIC. Coming up tonight on our sister station, 92.7 and 98.5 The Planet, it's going to be Capital at Spring Valley. Matt Perry's with us. And um, tell me about this game. Did I, um, did I get your notes here? Yes, I did, Matt. I got like... You should have seen the care package that Matt gave me. Um, you can put him on the air now, Gabriel. That's what I was waiting for. 
Hey, How are we doing tonight? I'm good. I'm just sitting there looking at Gabriel tonight, and he's just like, I'm, I'm starting to talk to you, and he, he hasn't pushed the button yet, so I'm just... Uh, <laughs> Gabriel's had a rough day today so far on this program. Um, Capital at Spring Valley, that is... Um, no, no, no. You see, no, I'm going by Matt's notes. It says Capital at Spring Valley. You want to correct that, Matt? Yeah, I want to correct that. You, listen. See, Capital you know, 1 and 3, you are at symbol Spring Valley 4-2, number 9. I'm going by your notes, buddy. I know it's it's Spring Valley Capital. Why well, you think Cornwell's here with me tonight? That's right. There you go. Uh you know, other than that, I think my notes were pretty spot on. I hope they helped you a little bit. They have actually. So, um let's um let's talk about this one tonight. It's uh Big matchup for Spring Valley. Uh, I don't want to say it's a must-win for Spring Valley, but uh, with playoff rankings um, and opportunities, you got to get the points now, and you got to get a team like Capital to try to maintain at least uh, some shot at hosting a game in the first round. And you can't do that if you lose to Capital. No, it's absolutely you know everybody doesn't want to say must-win, but if you want. A first-round playoff game, you can't lose to Capital, uh, you know, because they have in two weeks a big matchup with Martinsburg, and um, you know they got to take care of business. Uh, they got to take care of business against Capital. They got to take care of business against Fairmont and Hurricane, and uh, give Martinsburg their best shot to see if they can pull off an upset. But Spring Valley, you know, last week I was I had the opportunity to actually just sit and watch a little bit of high school football and follow all the scores a little closely since Spring Valley was off. And there is such a massive gap between the top 10 or so AAA teams and the rest of AAA. It's kind of shocking. So Spring Valley, I include them in that top 10. I don't care what their ranking is. I've seen this team. Spring Valley is is one of the elite AAA programs in the state. And uh, because of scheduling and because of, you know, little things, their strength of schedule, they're ranked ninth, and they're going to have to get that top eight to get a home playoff game and then go on the road, and they are going to be a nightmare opponent for for a playoff team uh, wanting them in the second round. You do not want to face them early on in the playoffs because they're not, a ninth, they're not the ninth best team in the state. They simply aren't. They're much better than that. And so it's going to be very interesting just to see how the playoffs shake out and how the seeding shakes out. Matt uh, had a chance to talk to Coach Dingus, an uh, interview you'll be having on your pregame tonight on the planet, and uh, he said that uh, they were able to get a lot of good uh, them work, as he put it, uh, in practice okay. over the last week and a half since they didn't have a game last week. Obviously, there was a lot to work on after the Huntington game. You know, they uh, Huntington game, uh, so many big plays were uh, taken away by penalties. Uh, there were uh, other mistakes that this team made. You know, we thought they'd kind of gotten over that hurdle early on and they kind of went back to some of the things they were doing to start the season. And uh, believe me, uh, that is something that Coach Dingus and the, this coaching staff are going to be watching tonight is, uh, you know, can they get back to a good, solid uh, effort? Can they uh, get the mistakes out of their system and play mm-hmm. solid football tonight? Well, it's very simple, Bill, and you bring up a great point. Spring Valley has lost the turnover battle twice this year, and it's their two losses. They lost the turnover battle against Cabell Midland, and they lost the turnover battle against Huntington. Spring Valley had that lead going into the fourth quarter last week, or two weeks ago, excuse me, and then four turnovers. It, you, it's very simple. Even though it was three turnovers and a safety, I'm going to count a safety as a turnover. Um, you know, Spring Valley knows, and as you talked to Coach Dingus, 
they know when they take care of their business, they're extremely tough to beat. And so it's encouraging for Spring Valley fans and for, for fans of the program to hear that they had a lot of them work, as you said, because I said on the air last week, Capital, uh, you know, it does not set up well for Capital. You've given Spring Valley, an angry Spring Valley team, an extra week of practice. I'm going to be very interested to see how they come out tonight. Spring Valley is not going to be in a good mood. <laughs> Matt Perry joins me as the Spring Valley Timberwolves trying to uh, solidify a good position in the playoffs, needing a win against Capital. This Capital team, you, you look at them and you think statistically, okay, this is a team that should be able to be handled by the, the Timberwolves, but... <clears throat> This is a team that also has gotten a little bit better on defense. There's some opportunity there for them if they put it together as as a team to really give Spring Valley fits. Yeah, it might come down to a more of a defensive battle because we know Capital is not necessarily going to have the capability to match Spring Valley offensively. No, but when we look at when the offensive side of the board, uh, Capital is struggling. Yeah to say the least. They average 19 points a game, which doesn't sound too shabby until you look at the the teams that are currently ranked in the top 16. Um, Capital is well behind many of those teams. Spring Valley, for example, they averaged 38 points a game, and that was even just scoring six points, the six-point game being averaged into that. So they are averaging double the amount that Capital does. So it's for Capital to win this game, it's going to have to be a defensive effort because I think Spring Valley's defense has shown, you know, last week or two weeks ago, they gave up nine points to the number one team in the state. If you would have told any Spring Valley fan, hey, Huntington scoring nine on you, they would have said that's a win. And so the defense has shown that they are legit and that they are extremely difficult to score against. So for Capital to have a chance to knock off Valley tonight, it's going to have to be a monumental defensive effort by the Cougars. Spring Valley and the Capital Cougars. That's happening tonight on our sister station, 92.7 and 98.5 The Planet. Uh, it'll be you coming up tonight here in a little bit on the pregame. And uh, yeah, Mr. Halloween himself will be with you. That's right. 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 Yeah, Mike Myers ready to go. Mr. Halloween, it's uh, it's his season, it's his month. Uh, no Bill Cornwell, he is not uh, with you. Although I did interview the coach, so I am sort of on the... No, 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 you're here, you're not with them. Okay. Yeah, okay. look, <laughs> you're not with them. I know why he's not with you tonight. I know why. I, I, I told him that I had heard duty, so that's, you know... No, that's not the reason, Matt. You know the reason why. I'm going to let you just tell me. It's, it's that climb, man. <laughs> it's that climb. Oh, I can handle that climb. Hey, it's that climb, I man. Get some, you you got to go to that stadium and climb a mile. He's not doing that tonight. But I did get some good news. What's the good news? I got a, a great, I got a great text message from uh, Jason Toy, the voice of the Capitol Midlandites, and he said, "Hey, they've changed where the visiting radio goes. You don't have to climb to the very top of Laidley Field anymore. You don't have to sit next to the coaches in the open air. You get yeah. your own little box on the and, first row. So I was super pumped. And you don't have to go up the spiral staircase, which also gets you to that open area in the, which is not fun yeah. when it's cold and when it's raining. There hey, you go. So I'm, complaining. I'm not going to complain. First, the first floor, I'll take it. There you go, Matt Perry. Um, 
you're all, you're you're in a different spot tonight because you know we had to jumble our schedule here. Uh, usually you yep. um, you're hitting cleanup, so now um, you know how's it feel? You're in the you know, you're in the second segment. Usually uh, usually the first guest, but you know, you, you're 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 moving up. You were second guest tonight. How you feel? It makes me feel pretty good. You know, I look at it as a baseball lineup sort of thing. You okay. know, your leadoff hitter hit on base. My job is to continue the inning, and so I'm going to hand it off to Toy, and he'll be able to knock the runs in. Yes. Hey, he's like Joe Morgan from the Big Red Machine. You know, he's following Pete Rose. You know, that's pretty good. With that said, uh, Matt, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to you tonight. Have a, have, have a great one, man. Uh, have, uh, hopefully uh, it's, a, it's a good night for uh, Timberwolf fans everywhere as Spring Valley takes on Capital on – 92.7, The Planet. Uh, thanks, buddy. We appreciate yep. it. 7.15 airtime. Have a good one. All right. When we continue, Jason Toy actually makes the program this week. We'll talk to him when we continue on today's edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 AM 930. Well, I promoted Jason Toy in this segment. However, for all those times I've Matt Damon him, he is now returning the favor, but that's okay because I got upgraded. He just doesn't know it. Uh, his broadcast partner tonight, Chris Tatum, joins us on the program, and he'll be part of the game broadcast of George Washington and Cabell Midland. How are you doing, Mr. Mayor? How are you doing, sir? Well, i got to be honest. I think he knows you upgraded. I mean, <laughs> I think he does. He, anyway, well, I, I appreciate the compliment. Yeah, I'm definitely upgraded tonight here. I've Matt Damon him so many times. He thinks he's <laughs> he thinks he's getting me back. He's not. I really we because uh, in the break, Mr. Cornwell here, the birthday boy, wanted yeah. to uh, talk to you yeah. instead. Yeah. Uh, he. Uh, oh, by the way, um, when whatever he says next, I defended you. So yeah, go ahead, exactly. Actually, yeah, yeah. I was surprised you're there, Chris, because I figured you'd be stuck on the battlefield at Civil War days. So uh, uh, nope. <laughs> Nope, nope, nope. I'll go out and visit, but no, uh, they were setting up today and getting ready. But yeah, that this weekend I will take a small part out there and go <laughs> say hi. But uh, I, I appreciate the fact that those events happen. But uh, I do like history. But that is a long couple of days for those guys. It is. And they're very is. dedicated. They're very dedicated. And they do a lot of cool stuff. I just go when the guns and cannons are going off. <laughs> So talk to us about homecoming. This is always a special time in a, in a high school calendar. And tonight, Campbell Midland, one of the best teams in the state of West Virginia, takes on a very good George Washington team. And it's homecoming, so there should be some extra energy there. And this game might be over quick because if Campbell Midland would just do us all the courtesy and run, 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 score, you know, everybody can go home early. Well, as you guys well know, uh, homecoming is always that charged atmosphere. So the kids are up for this game. There's a lot of stuff going on this weekend, which kind of adds the excitement, and understandably so. But yeah, they're you know just listening to the talk, reading up on this game. That people have said if there's going to be a hiccup in the second part of the season, this could be the game that there's a hiccup. So they're definitely not going to overlook this team. But you know, after after having half, a little over half of their game canceled last week at Capitol because of the monsoon we were in. You know, they're excited to get back to the field, obviously, but more importantly, to get a homecoming win in front of their home crowd. But you're right, it's an, it's an exciting time, but, you know, the other thing that I'll say is if they stick to that game plan, like you're talking about, run, and you get a little dose of two or three guys, you get Mason Moran, Jackson Fetty, Chandler Schmidt, and they, you know, they just have it down pat, and they 
do a good job executing the running game. We saw them pass a little bit early in the season, but, you know, they've really just stuck to their bread and butter. And then you've got uh, Ryan Wolf, who is a fantastic field general, has has grown exponentially for this Midland team and does a great job calling the signals and keeping his team on task. He's fun to watch. A bunch of these kids are fun to watch, too, but... Uh, always exciting at homecoming, and these you know these kids are excited. Got a chance to talk to some of them on the way up tonight. So excited, but not overlooking the Patriots tonight. Chris, uh, looking at what where Cabell Midland's at right now, I mean they've been getting the job done on the field uh, last week. They only they only got a fourteen nothing win uh, over Capital in a very unusual situation, but really, I mean they've been getting the job done on the field. Yet week after week. The numbers just don't add up for them going up in the in the state rankings in AAA, and they're, it's almost like they're stuck at number seven. Does that get a little frustrating, maybe? Well, you know, I talked to some of those kids, and at this point, you know, they're not worried about the ranking. And I don't, I, you know, I don't think even you know talking to some of these boys out here this afternoon, I don't, I don't think that's on their mind at all. You know, they they want to get in that postseason. They want a shot at another local team again, obviously, because of of their game that they that they did lose earlier this season. They like having another shot at those guys, and that's a possibility. But I don't think the ranking is on their mind so much as, let's just get there, let's hope to get the team that we want to get, but more importantly, you know, let's get to the, let's get to the Super 6 in, in, uh, at Wheeling Island. So, ranking, yes, I think they're looking at it, but I don't think it's a forefront issue for them. I think the issue is for them to correct the frustrating mistakes and also, uh, a couple of these guys grow up a little bit as this season goes on so that by the time they get to that last game and they know where they're going to be in the postseason, that they're going to feel confident to, to go into that postseason knowing that they're going to execute. So they've had a lot. there's been a lot of frustration over other things, and it's not been ranking. It's been more the fundamental penalties, the fundamental mistakes that they, that they know that they've made. So I think, and you'll hear Luke Samus talk about that here in a little bit, but I think that's the thing that they're trying to focus on. That's the most frustrating thing for these guys. Yeah, and, and to keep it in context, um, the Highlanders and the Cabell Midland Knights are two of the best teams in the state of West Virginia. Unfortunately, one of those teams had to lose. There's no um, – I mean, if you're Huntington, you're excited you got the win, but you don't rest on that. And if you're Cabell Midland, you're disappointed you got the loss, but you don't let that keep you down because, yeah, I think in the state – if you draw Huntington or Cabell Midland, you're in trouble for the most part. So you're right. They could meet or they could be on the other side of the bracket. Right. Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. But I tell you right now, if if I'm an opposing team and I see Cabell Midland and I'm thinking, well, wait a minute there. They're a little, you know, why am I getting them? You know, you know why do I have to look at them? I mean, that's going to be a tough draw well, for somebody. It is. But I'll also say, I mean, you, you start looking at teams around the state you just you think about it, and you got to go, man. Why don't they just move the Super Six down here? Because you've got Spring Valley, Huntington, Midland, uh, Capitals usually in that mix. Hurricanes had a couple down years, but you've got several teams right here from this area that are always right there at the end of the season. Travel time when you go to the Super Six for Huntington and Capital Midland folks is that's a long drive and that's a terrible drive. But I'll just I'll just say this: this area right here, strong. Uh, uh, teams throughout their schools, obviously, with good reason. Um, but I think if you look at it as it stands right now, Brad's team out of Spring Valley may be being overlooked a little bit. Two losses, but you look at those losses, they lose 9-7 to seven to Huntington. 
And the other loss was to, uh, uh, shoot, I'm drawing a blank now. Cabell Midland. Yeah, Cabell Midland. First <laughs> game of the season for us. That's what I was going to say. First game of the season for us. Lost my train of thought. Somebody's over here pecking me on the shoulder. But anyway, you look at those two losses, and, you know, you've got number one as it stands right now, and number seven who, who knocked you off. But I think if you look at Spring Valley versus their schedule, they went out too. So I think maybe Brad's team, and you all know this, Luke, Billy, and Brad always grow towards the end of the season. They're always getting better, and when they hit the postseason is when they kind of hit their stride. And they plan it that way. They should plan it that way. But I think Brad's may never look a little bit right now in this discussion and the, and the Timberwolves. Chris Tatum joining us. Huntington High is coming up next, or we're going to talk to those guys. Any uh, any words to uh, your former uh, partner, Woody Woodrum, um, before we let you go for George Washington and Cabell Midland? Are you kidding? I miss those guys. We, I mean, we did it. We did it for seventeen years together up there. Well, Billy and I were up there a little bit, so sure were. Uh, Woody and I were. Woody and I were there probably fourteen together, thirteen or fourteen together. So I do miss those guys. I miss people that ain't high, but you know, it's a great place to be here. My daughter's on the on the cheerleading squad here. I get I get to see her games, and my boy's a freshman here. So there's there's a certain part of me that. You know, wants to be here, but also I also miss the gang in Huntington. Hey, um, being a good parent is not a crime. <laughs> I just can't, yeah, I, I can appreciate that. My daughter appreciates it too, and that's the most important part. Yeah, man, come on, man. Being a family man is a is a good thing. You're um, you're doing it right. Trust me, you're doing it right. Um, besides, um, yeah, I'll deal with Woody. Yeah, you, you, I'll get now, you back in a few years. I'll deal with him until then. Now, for now, though, I'm going to go spit on my shotguns for tomorrow night when the boy picks her up for homecoming. So that's what I'm going to go do. There you go. All right. Um, good talk, Mr. Mayor. Uh, we appreciate it. Thank you. Um, uh, just tell Toy next week. Uh, just you know, we'll take your phone call. Just 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 tell him to pass the phone over again. I will. I'll do it. We'll um, do it. Thanks, guys. Always good to talk to you. As uh, Chris Tatum. George Washington, Cabell Midland. It's it's a Friday, so uh, you're not used to this, Bill. Uh, you know. It's a little bit more loose on, on a Friday than uh, it is. It's very loose it's on good, a Friday. Good to hear from Chris and uh, uh, and exactly. I, I know he misses the folks at HHS, but yeah, uh, he's got a he's got a young lady out there, Miss Maggie, his daughter, a cheerleader and softball player, and he wants to kind of experience her high school years with her. All right, final break coming back. It's going to be Andrew Rogers and Woody Woodrum. They've got the call of St. Albans at Huntington. Uh, and um, they will give us an update on what we can expect tonight. You can listen to that game right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Welcome back to the Friday edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We've been having some fun today. It's Bill Cornwell's birthday. He's in studio with me, so we've been letting him uh, have some fun today on the program because, well, you only turn 59 once. (laughs) Thank goodness. <laughs> you only turned 59 Man. once. And um, a gentleman who knows a lot about um, turning advanced ages, Woody Woodrum, he's uh, with us now, and um, someone who hasn't experienced old age yet, Andrew Rogers, joining us as well as St. Albans at Huntington. I hope you're both there together. If not, uh, I'm going to find I'll be surprised. <laughs> Yes, we are together. Okay. Just Although we were shaken down by the uh, uh, Fall Fest police at the gate. You know, they were they were really working it hard, directing parents and 
people the other, the other way. Andrew Andrew had an even funnier story than I did. Yeah, so. talk about old age. I was asked, do I need a handicap spot? No, no, I don't need a handicap spot. Thank you for the offer, though. I think they're just assuming that all the radio from Huntington is handicapped like me and Jimmy Morgan. So uh, Wow. They're spreading the love around. Andrew, as you can tell, uh, you know, we, we don't take Friday seriously enough. <laughs> As you, you, you've noticed that over the last few weeks. We, we don't take it seriously it's enough. It's the end of a hard-working week. It's the end of a hard-working <laughs> that's, week. That's true. And, oh. and you know, it, last week was an ugly game. And, and it really, Paul, this one has the possibilities of going that way. Although St. Albans did get their second win, 26-14, at Ripley last week. And Brian Johnson told me on the phone he does Ripley Vikings halves for a long time. I've known Brian since he was a kicker for the herd, and then he kicked two years for UK. And uh, Brian said they can't block anybody at Ripley. And he goes, and we use the same kids to try to stop people on the defensive line. But he felt like they should have won the game, that they, they made some miscues that St. Albans took advantage of. St. Albans has some athletes on their team. They're, they're pretty young. Uh, they've changed quarterbacks from uh, Brown was the starter last year. He's out of the picture right now. Uh, Michael Hindman uh, last week was 7 of 10 for 85 yards and a touchdown, and he ran for 66 yards and two touchdowns. And their tailback is a freshman, uh, Eric Littlejohn, 16 carries, 67 yards last week. And that's about all we have, Andrew, on stats on this St. Albans team. Yeah, on paper, obviously, you look at the schedule, and there's plenty of like opponents that Huntington has played and defeated. Defeated George Washington, the team St. Albans got shut out by 49 to nothing, 55 nothing against South Charleston, 54 nothing against Spring Valley, a team Huntington defeated here a few weeks ago, uh, nine to six, a, a big loss to Hurricane as well. So on paper, you look at those like opponents, and it's not too good. But the overall theme with all of these blowouts is not scoring points, not being able to move the football. The only uh, game with double-digit points in seven games is the win last week. So besides that, 15 or 21 combined points in the first six games. And, and until last week, their only win had been over winless Nitro in a battle for the bridge that was less a battle, more of a skirmish at 6-3. So, and I watched some tape of that one. Uh, St. Albans fumbled into the end zone down at the one-yard line. Turn gave it up uh, another couple of turnovers, so they obviously weren't playing great. Huntington, very loosey-goosey uh, after last week's win, and the JV played the second half and then went to Beckley on Monday and only played a half there before some fan got so unruly the referees walked off. The guy came on the field toward the end of the first half, and the referees just said, that's all for us, and so Huntington went two hours for two quarters of football for the JV team. But, uh, hey, you know, honestly, uh, Billy C., I know you guys saw them already, but this St. Albans team, it's hard to really find great things to say about them. Yeah, I, I, I did see them against uh, uh, Spring Valley about uh, about three weeks ago, and uh, that was a game that was, uh, was 48-0 Spring Valley at halftime, and it was out of – out of hand early, and they actually they had a running clock for the entire second half rather than just the fourth quarter. Uh, you, you, know, you did a good job, guys, mentioning the fact that this is a young team. Uh, they've had a lot of internal problems, the uh, the Red Dragons had. Uh, the week before that Spring Valley game, they had actually two of their better players quit, and from what we were told from the folks from St. Albans, they 
transferred to South Charleston. You know, and I, I don't know if that you know was true or not, but still, uh, so they had a lot of personnel issues. But uh, they're they're pretty young. They got some good size on the line, so uh, that uh, that's one thing they do have, and they do have a little bit of speed on the edges. But uh, and you mentioned the the uh, the young running back, he is not bad, and, and when he but he's just a freshman. As he gets a little bit of age on him, a little bit of experience, he can be a good player in the MSAC for the Red Dragons. Yeah, so, you know, we'll just take it by ear and see how it plays. I mean, the, the Huntington coaches were absolutely stupefied at the way the first half went last week. Nine score – or seven scoring drives by the offense and two interceptions by uh, Zaza Jackson and by uh, Noah Wainick that went for touchdowns. And, of course, they just went to eight minutes quarters after that, and they played the JV and freshman against each other on a regular clock in the third period and then a running clock in the fourth. And, and thankfully it was over quick. But they did get some of those kids got under the bright lights. Andrew, I think that was a plus for them that some of the JVs got to go out there and play in front of their parents and their girlfriends and whatnot. So they probably had a pretty good homecoming dance too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it does set up a situation, though, heading into this week, an offense and a first-team starting group that has only played one half of football in the last a week or week and a half or so, so it sets up a situation where head coach Billy Seals wants his guys to come out with the same energy it had a week ago because it's a perfect scenario where a couple plays go St. Albans' way early on. Who knows how this game goes because you throw the first seven weeks out the window and you got to come ready to ready to play and prepare. This is not just going to be a walkover. Billy always uses the coach speak wants to be one and zero at the end of Friday night, so. That's certainly what they're thinking. But we also have the end the mix. This is the final regular season game here next week at South Charleston in two weeks, an open date. And then in three weeks, the season ends at Riverside. So you've got senior night thrown in tonight. You've got a whole bunch of seniors, about 11, on this team. Almost all of them are very, very involved in this team winning this year. And so, you know, you never know how kids are going to react when they come out, mom and dad are talking and walking with them and, and doing all that thing. So uh, we'll see how they weather the storm there on senior night, Paul, and, and see if they can make it uh, work to their favor or whether they get a little emotional and let St. Albans hang around for a while. Andrew Rogers and Woody Woodrum calling the action of Huntington High and St. Albans. It's tonight. You can listen to it right here on ESPN 94.1 AM 930. And, and gentlemen, uh, don't forget, uh, you are the co-featured Kindred Digital Game of the Week. Uh, we tell everyone to go to our Facebook page, ESPN 94.1, and watch the game there. And, of course, um, it should be a fun one. Uh, see, you guys have got to sell it. I, see, I didn't mention the fact that the Red Dragons have given up, uh, what, almost 50-some points a game. I didn't mention that because I'm selling the game now. Yeah. And, and and Huntington's only given up about eight points a game this year, and that's been uh, defense is, is Billy Seals bread and meat. He loves it, so they've played very very well on that side of the ball this year. Uh, led by Tyree Smith with 59 tackles, David Bradshaw with 60 tackles, nine and a half tackles for loss for him, uh, and and this young uh, secondary. I mean, they've got one senior in Waynick. They had Zaza Jackson. He's got uh, already three interceptions. Noah Wainick has two. Amari Felder has two. And Khalif Ty Jr., sophomore, first-year starter, he has four. Scout Arthur was nickelback earlier. 
and he's got a pick. And Jordan Price, the guy that Scout has replaced at the linebacker, he's got a pick. So they have done very well with turnovers. All right, Woody Woodrum, you'll be on the call with our guy, Andrew Rogers, uh, Huntington High, St. Albans, coming up tonight right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Have a good broadcast. That's Woody and Andrew. Bill Cornwell having a good birthday. <laughs> have a have a wonderful rest of your birthday. Hopefully it will get a little bit better as the evening goes on. Get a Huntington win, get a Spring Valley win, get a Cabell Midland win, get a Marshall win. Right on. That'll be great for all of us here. For our in-studio producer, Gabriel Sellers. I'm Paul Swan. This has been The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W231BS Huntington, broadcasting from the Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.